Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Live. I'm Derek Arden. I'm delighted to have uh, have you back on. Uh, today, we're going to talk about performance psychology, something I've always been interested in, particularly how you get that extra 1% out of people. And I think the only difference between business and sport is that in sport, there are rules. And in business, there aren't really any rules. And this is regulation and people avoid it. So it's really important that we understand psychology, how things go on in people's minds, how people manipulate and maneuver things and what's the science and the art behind it. Today, I've got two master practitioners of NLP on with me. But before I do that, I just want to just mention Steve Head. If you remember Steve Head, he came on program number 41 and used a flip chart to um, put his psycholo psychological issues across to us. And Steve was the coach of the uh, England wheelchair rugby team that won the World Cup last Friday in Manchester. So I phoned Steve about half an hour ago and asked him what tips he gave them. But I, of course, I also asked him if he'd come on the programme um, in a few weeks' time. He was driving up to uh, Newcastle. He drives everywhere all over the UK. So what did he say? He said, I've been a coach there for 11 years. I probably provide the 1% factor. There's do doctors, there's medics, there's physios, uh, and there's a head coach that really understands the tactics of wheelchair rugby league. But he said, this is what I was working on this side of it. Communication, the emotional side of the players on and off the pitch. Remember, some of these people had no, no legs. One of the players had his legs blown off in Afghanistan. Uh, mindset of positivity, managing stress and pressure. These people had never been in front of TV cameras before. Suddenly they're playing France in the World Cup and there's two million people watching it on TV. What he said I did was in March, I went to Manchester and we all got together for a weekend away day and we came up with a set of values that, uh, or they came up with a set of values that everybody bought into. And these are the five values that Steve mentioned. Number one, celebrate all wins on and off the pitch. Take personal mm. responsibility for everything. Connectivity, be connected to all your fellow players. Be selflessness. Be there for everybody else. Don't let anyone down. Sacrifice and give up everything for the team. And you could see that if you watched it on BBC Two. And I recommend watching it uh, on uh, playback because the team was down. It was losing. It looked like it was going to lose to the, to the French. But suddenly they came back. It's 40 minutes each way. It's vicious. They smash the wheelchairs into each other. They turn upside down. Um, and it's a really interesting sport, which will probably take off. And it brings me on to the first point on positive psychology that I want to talk about. And it's the thing that got me interested in it. If somebody can do something anywhere in the world and you interview them and you talk to them and you find out what strategies they have. And that's what Bandler and Grinder did when uh, when they uh invented well they didn't invent nlp because of that, that psychology has been around for years and years probably since adam and eve but when they documented it, it wasn't the physicality side of it it's what they did in their head it's what how they thought uh how they 
talk to other people, how they avoided negative, toxic people. And I'm going to ask Gabby and then John to chip in with their issues on modeling and what it means to them and what they learned when they studied uh, neurolinguistic programming. Gabby. So modeling, I, I remember learning about modeling through the NLP uh, senses. So we've all got five senses, seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, uh, touching. And we had to actually work out how different people that were successful did certain things. But the way that I found them most useful, I learned to ski when I was um, 50. So I was quite old and I learned in Canada, which was a great place to be. And I went along and I listened to what the coach was saying, but then I watched and I looked at the, the angle that different people had and how forward they were or how backwards they were and where the tension in their body was. And I managed in very few days, I was only there for four days, I managed to get up to black runs within four days. It was petrifying because of the speed. So I talked to them about how do they deal with that in their own minds. And they said, you know, enjoy the view, make sure that you slow yourself down when you feel that you're getting out of control. How do you do that? Watch how they did that. And actually it was exhilarating, you know, to, to be able to be going that fast. Um, and I'm also quite competitive. So I wanted to be a friend of mine from a speed perspective. And it was incredible. So how do you model? I mean, we, you all model. Every one of us has learned to model. Um, that's how we've learned to walk, how we've learned to talk, how we've picked up our accents. Um, it is one of those things that is very, very useful. But what most people do is forget to ask the people that are great how they do it. What is their thinking process to be able to go from good to great? Um, and if you start ask, you know, if you want to learn a skill, if you want to learn to do something, ask someone who can already do it how they go about it. And if you ask two or three or four or five people, you'll begin to notice that they all do very similar things. Um, I had one example where I, I don't play golf. Something I'd like to learn in my retirement, but I don't play golf. And as a kid, I was a caddy. So I'd always uh, go around and was with golfers. And when I was with great golfers, I asked them questions about how is it that you manage to, to do that with a birdie or with an eagle, two, one under power, two under par. And um, and I, I picked up what they were looking for, what they were saying in their minds, how they let the, the body memory just go with it and was able to teach how to be a great golfer so that people who play golf were able to get a hole in one from someone that doesn't play. So, Modeling is one of those things you can use for your own life, but you can also use it to impart the information to other people, which is something that I absolutely adore doing. Brilliant. Uh, John, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I just, I'm just going to grab Gabby and say, you stole my example, because I was going to use the skiing thing as well. When I first learned, I had not a clue what the French instructor was saying to me. I just watched other people that were doing it well. In my head, they were doing it well anyway. I immediately started to learn 
I got better when I went and asked those same people how they felt while they were doing so. Great example, Gabby. Um, for me, modeling thing, yes, go and uh, talk to other people, but also when I first learned, I spent time looking at leaders that I really admired, how they stand, how they move, how they talk, their language. And I know Derek will pick on some of these in a few minutes. Um, one of the classic ones that I still, still remember to this day, I started watching a number of people and then I was doing some presentations and I said to room full of people and I did it several times and say, stand up for a minute, just stand as if you're feeling a bit meh. And they all stood and I said, now stand as if you're feeling better. Without, without, a, without a doubt, every single time I said to everybody, the average height of people in the audience went up by two centimetres. And I call it the two centimetre test. And yet every time I've looked at great leaders, great people that I really admired that I wanted to model, they're already doing that two centimetre thing. That's the big memory I have of the time I spent doing learning about modelling. It's that two centimetres. And funnily enough, this is um, common sense, which is why I put in the newsletter this morning. It's all common sense. And until you get into the facts and start analysing that only about 1% of people do these things and understand them. And when you understand the reason behind them, it's um, it's very, very useful, particularly for coaching other people. The second thing I'm going to talk about um, is state. Are you in in a right state or are you in the right state? So are you in the right frame of mind to to win, to be positive, to make a difference to people? Or have you got this self-talk buzzing around in your head? You know, that little person in your head who tells you you can't do things or it won't work or 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 whatever. So be careful with your own self-talk and be careful if you let people share their negativity with you. Um, I think they're called negatrons. Uh, the book by uh, Dr. David Schwartz that I read, uh, which was published in, in the 70s, said don't hang around with negatrons, negative people, because they'll give you their stuff and they'll change your state. Gabby, have you got any uh, takes on state? State, I think, is one of the most prolific ways that we communicate, um, whether that be with ourselves or with other people. Um, I've studied the fourth way for almost two decades now, which is um, work by Gurdjieff and Ospinski. And he they talk about the different eyes that we have. So... We have the sitting down to Derek's Monday night chat eye. Uh, we have the smiling eye. We have the enjoying eye. We have the looking forward to eye. We have the passionate eye. We have um, billions of different eyes. And for me, state is about choosing which eyes I want to bring in to any particular situation. Um, so one of the, the things that just before we started I went and I got myself a warm drink which I've now drunk I'm now on my cold drink because I wanted a, a voice a nice voice I um, and I haven't spoken to anyone all day so it was a little bit crunchy so I had to do some singing I to bring that lovely voice I the ability to know and recall information I I know that I've taught all of this information for many, many years now, but I've had a bit of a break. So I did some homework. I pulled up my manuals that I wrote years ago 
and just did some research because the research I was important so I could bring up the confidence I feel more able to be able to answer whatever question Derek throws at me and I know that he'll he's likely to throw me some curveballs because that's the Derek eye so my prepared eye was there as well and being able to have fun with it and be relaxed around it all for me that is the state that I I do my best to bring in to pretty much everything I do because I know if I'm relaxed I'm able to be able to draw on any eye that I wish to so whenever you're going into a situation you might feel the nerves beginning to calm you or you might have a something that you're feeling a bit fearful or that you're moving into the unknown that's okay acknowledge it but then just bring in the other states that are going to be useful for you to step forward and actually achieve whatever it is that you're aiming to to achieve Fantastic. And there's a lot of things that happen to us which can change our state. I remember I was doing a big talk and I left my mobile phone on and I uh, someone rang me 10 minutes before and they were having a go at me about something that uh, we can't believe that. No, nor could I, nor could I, Gabby, but actually it changed my state into a, from a positive into a negative. That was a really stupid thing to do. I turned my phone off early now and uh, as they say if you can't sort yourself out you can't help others can you? you can't coach mentor others if you can't sort yourself out so changing that state and being positive to do it is really important down to swanish to john i'm sure you've got something there john yeah i mean i love the state thing and to me when i first learned well what do we mean by states and gabby listed a couple to me i kind of go what state would be useful whatever it is you're trying to do. And there's probably three or four at any one time. So fierce, I, I often find it's a really useful state when mixed up with friendly or happy. I have one which I call mentally agile. That's probably uh, the same as Gabby's Derek state. Uh, confident, playful. I think playful is a great state, but what state would be useful for whatever it is you've got to go and do now? What does it feel like? Put yourself feel like you're in that state and then add two or three other states to it. So you start to stand differently, you act differently, you think differently. Um, there's some brilliant states around. Which ones are useful at any one time? Absolutely. That actually, that Sorry, actually yeah. links in really nicely with modelling because mm. when you're modelling, you're, you're eliciting the states that people that are brilliant at doing something are so when you're asking the questions find out what emotions and states they're in because if you can elicit that in yourself you're going to be able to model even more effectively i was just thinking of music stars how does adele get herself into that state to go into uh vegas and uh, sing at that level when she's all on her own how how do people do that i heard that barbara streisland was physically sick every time she went in front of of, of an audience and uh, i like to watch really people at the top of their game and just watch them and see how they do it. but it's interesting derek because you you'll remember i used to be the president of the psa professional speaking association in london and i'd have a number of speakers every month who are international speakers and I'll have some, some new speakers and the new speakers would always stand on stage and say, oh, I'm incredibly nervous. And they'd assume that these big pros weren't. And because I was at the back of the room and I was arranging it, 
I could see what they were doing outside the room before they came on stage to put themselves in the state they wanted to be. And they were pacing up and down and nervous as anybody else, but they, they managed their state. Well, it's having a routine and we're not going to be able to time. We're not going to have time to talk about triggers and anchors. We're going to do that on a on a different uh, Monday, Monday night. But, you know, anch anchoring that state before you go on to do something really important or diff or a difficult negotiation or whatever it is and triggering that state off by your routine. The rugby players will remember Johnny Wilkinson always doing that trigger when he uh, before he took uh, a, a kick. Uh, to score, uh, score, uh, kick it over the post. I've even forgotten the rugby. You see, I'm in the wrong state to uh, talk about this, and yet I know it uh, that well. And uh, Harry Kane taking a penalty for England. If we get one uh, in the World Cup, he uh, he does a little uh, jump up and down with his feet, and you can see his eyes absolutely focused, but not where he's going to put the ball. So um, the last thing I want to do at this point is to talk about embedded commands, and the reason I want to talk about embedded commands is because I've never quite really understood it. It's that hypnotic state where you give other people commands. And I know that Gabby uses it in some of her sales techniques and she taught me some embedded commands. So tell us about embedded commands, Gabby. Well, where to start? I love embedded commands. Um, I use embedded commands in my emails. So clients that I love, I will say, feel free to give me a call whenever you wish. Clients that are a bit more troublesome, I will say at the bottom things like, don't hesitate to call because I want them to hesitate before they ring me. Um, there are the basics like me by now that you can put into conversations. But I think the really clever ones are when you start to um, add them into sentences. So you can begin to enjoy the process, enjoy the process. I don't know how soon you'll want to try out this new plan, this new policy, this new process. Um, I was wondering, how would you like to reach an agreement? What? needs to be done. Before we successfully resolve this issue, let's take a few moments to think through how we might proceed. And all of those, we're just putting in lots and lots of embedded commands. You can also embed commands within questions. And they start with things like, I'm wondering, or I'm curious. Um, can I ask you to imagine how it would feel if you were to dot, 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 whatever it is you want them to, to, to do? Um, it's good to imagine all the benefits, isn't it? It's good to imagine how wonderful it will be and how your capacity to improve will it will. It depends what you're what you're wanting them to, to do. But can you imagine? It's good to imagine. Are you ready to sign up? Are you ready to close the deal? Are you ready to apply for that plan? Um, I was going to say, so it's a question, but it's got an it's got an embedded, embedded command, command within 
which is aimed at my unconscious mind, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm sure John will go into the, the marking and, and how you can do it with your voice. But the, it's really being clear about what it is you want them to do. And you can use negatives as well, because the brain doesn't understand negative. So I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you how you can dramatically reduce the price for this. I'm not going to tell you to buy this now or in a few moments. I'm not going to tell you to think of all the money that you'll be saving by doing this. So you can do it very, very subtly, positively and negatively, but you've just got to be very clear that the words that come out are the, the thing that you want them to do, not the thing that you don't want them to do. That's brilliant. John, do you want to chip uh, yeah, I just just add, Derek. I mean, I always remember going on from embedded commands and doing stuff from hypnotic statements and all the rest of it. And as the person I taught me said, forget hypnosis for a second, forget all the complicated stuff. What is it in one simple sentence you want the other person to do? Because unless you're clear on that, you can't possibly get them to do that. Once you've got that clarity, now you can embed it in in a simple way. And Gabby came up with more examples than I can ever remember and I'm sure that later on everybody will find they're starting to remember the things we've talked about tonight and without even realizing they'll be putting them into practice. Well John and I were talking this morning and um, we were talking about the embedded command that I gave Gabby um, 10 minutes before I said uh, you will be able to come up with three embedded commands for the audience this this evening and of course Gabby only had one at that point, and now she's just come up with 10. I think the question that people ask themselves at this point is, is this manipulative? Well, it's only manipulative to people uh, that are want to be manipulated. That's the first thing. And uh, secondly, if you've got the best intentions, it's probably not manipulative, but it can be used very manipulative by the by the wrong people and that's what people have to have to ask themselves am i being i think we are we are surrounded by people that are have the ability to manipulate us all of the time but very often they're not doing it intentionally and for me in it's the intention behind it if it's a positive intention um it's not manipulation but i i hear parents in the supermarket all the time saying stop running you're going to fall over for and the kid falls over well they've just been given an embedded command to fall over is that manipulative well yes but was it done intentionally no um, so in understanding embedded commands it's you know run you know i'd prefer it if you didn't run around the supermarket darling and if you are going to just make sure that you stand clear of the other people and you are very polite to other people or whatever it is you want them to do but stay on your two feet and make sure you come and find me afterwards <laughs> and the first thing when England finally do get a penalty notice what the opposition team tries to put in into Harry Kane's mind don't don't miss this penalty uh, don't take your mind off what you're doing etc but of course Harry will have been um been coached and coached and coached to out of that it gareth southgate and uh, sports psychologists work very closely with the most high performance uh, 
high performance teams and so they'll be put in the zone to handle that yeah, okay can I I'd quickly, like to... quick, quickly yes please john all of us all the time are trying to influence other people are we all all the time being manipulative yeah, so using embedded commands is just being better at it and it's interesting when we start studying language and carl mentions and we'll talk to carl later carl mentions uh this is all in in acting. And of course, if you go and turn the TV on when you've watched this and put it on the commercial channel, there'll be embedded commands in uh, in most of the adverts. And on top of that, the sound gets increased on your TV without you being able to do anything about it when the adverts come on, which is, again, manipulation in your own home. What is going on? Well, that was a fantastic session. All sorts of tips and techniques there from the world of performance psychology, neurolinguistics, emotional intelligence. I'm Derek Arden and thanks for joining me. If you like this, please like it on YouTube or the Negotiators podcast and join me live with my other guests every Monday night. Great to see you.